Your body's trying to tell you something. It's giving you hints that something isn't right. That's why we talk with expert dietitians to break down these early warning signs so you can get closer to understanding what your body is trying to tell you. Headaches can be annoying. They seem to pop out of nowhere and almost always at the most inconvenient times. What's our body trying to tell us? Research shows it's one of those body signals that can mean almost anything. This leads to an important question. How frequent is too frequent? And at what point should it be a cause for concern? On today's episode of Wonder Why, we bring on registered dietitian, Allie Redding. Allie is the owner of Grace Nutrition and has a passion for helping people fit healthy lifestyles into busy schedules. She loves teaching sustainable strategies that help people thrive in their health and weight loss journeys. Welcome, Allie. Hey, Julian. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Very excited to talk about a subject matter that can be sometimes really a nuisance, and that's headaches. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's talk about it. So what are the root causes of headaches? Well, there's lots of root causes of headaches. Obviously, headaches are something that most of us experience sometimes on a semi-regular basis. Um, other times, it's pretty obvious, you know, when you drink too much alcohol and you wake up with a hangover the next day, you know, you know why you have a headache. Uh, but other reasons, dehydration, tension in the muscles, like if you tend to really tense up, especially sitting at a desk for long periods of time, exercising too much, not sleeping enough, hunger pains, especially for a prolonged period of time, uh, stress for long periods of time. And then, you know, if you get a concussion, you hit your head really hard. Obviously, trauma can cause headaches. So there's lots of reasons for them. Now, you talk about frequency here. When is it something we should be alarmed with? Obviously, we know if we had a long night with substances and we wake up the next morning, we know the root cause of that. When we're not doing things like that and these headaches are coming, what do you consider frequent and when should we start maybe asking our doctor about it? No, that's a great point. And that's an important part to mention is I'm not a doctor, but when you start getting headaches, more frequently than you normally do. So if you go from once a month to every week or even twice a week, uh, or if you just start noticing that there's a change in your pat in the pattern of the headache, then know that that could be a sign or a symptom of something a little bit deeper. Uh, and so headaches can be signs that your body is talking to you that something else is going on. And one of the things that people don't always think about when they're getting headaches is high blood pressure. But Headaches can actually be a symptom of having high blood pressure. And that's something that can be ruled out fairly quickly. You can just do blood pressure check, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is an easy thing to rule out so that you know that that's not uh, something you have to be worried about in the future. Sticking on high blood pressure, what other symptoms, um, if any, come with high blood pressure so someone can maybe pay attention to? So there's other symptoms like dizziness, blurred vision, hot flashes, just feeling a little off balance, you know, dizziness. Those can all be signs of high blood pressure also, but they call blood pressure, high blood pressure, hypertension, the silent killer, because a lot of people just don't know that they have it until they have a more serious condition, more serious heart condition. So that's why it's important just to go get your yearly checkup because they always check it at those doctor's visits. And how do you end up with high blood pressure? So some people, it's just genetic. There is a propensity for certain genders and race, ethnicity to have an effect on, on blood pressure as well. And some of that's not completely understood. 
but your diet can have an effect on blood pressure. For example, having a high sodium intake over a long period of time uh, can draw water into your blood, making it, you know, there being more blood volume. So then the pressure inside your vessels increases. And that's actually one of the reasons people get headaches is there's so much pressure on those blood vessels in the brain um, and near the heart. Now, you mentioned sodium intake. What other parts of maybe our Western diet is contributing to high blood pressure, if anything? Sure. Um, just micronutrient deficiencies, not always consuming adequate amounts from our food that can play a role in maintaining regular blood pressure. For some, it's not just food, but it's lifestyle changes. So lack of exercise can be a contributing factor as well. Just be, if you're sedentary uh, more often than not, then your body is not going to get that same positive impact on those heart muscles. That cardiovascular exercise is really important for maintaining the muscle in your heart. And that can all lead to, over time, having a higher blood pressure. You mentioned micronutrients. What micronutrients is are connected, if anything, is connected to high blood pressure? There's not necessarily a causation connection between micronutrient deficiencies, but there can be some improvement or good maintenance with blood pressure with uh, supplementation of micronutrients like vitamin D or just adequate intake of fruits and vegetables where we get a lot of our micronutrients. Uh, one additional nutrition factor that plays a role in blood pressure is um, high cholesterol and not necessarily cholesterol intake, but higher cholesterol in our blood, uh, whether our body is getting too much saturated fat from our food, or we just have a genetic connection to having higher cholesterol. Sometimes that increases the plaque in your blood vessels. And as that plaque grows, there becomes a higher pressure on the vessels, increasing your blood pressure over time. Now, do you, in your practice, see patients with high blood pressure? And what do you do with that? Are they already on medication? How do you reduce their blood pressure? Like, what does this even look like? Yeah, so going back to the lifestyle modifications, one thing is if their BMI is over 30, then a 5% decrease in weight um, or more can have a positive impact on blood pressure amongst other lab values and vital signs. So increasing exercise, so putting more uh, stress on their heart in a controlled environment over a period of time strengthens your heart muscle, lowers your blood pressure. And then just teaching people how to make healthier eating decisions, increasing those micronutrients, uh, decreasing some of that excess sugar, saturated fat, et cetera, from our processed foods, uh, especially sodium that can be a contributing factor in increasing or increasing blood pressure or just not being able to bring it down closer to normal limits. So in my experience, I had a great opportunity to work with someone who found our cardiac rehab program, which has an intensive nutrition education component to it. He was told that there was really nothing else they could do for his heart disease. He had high blood pressure. Uh, he had had stents in uh, in his heart. There's a lot that they had already done, and they kind of just told him that there wasn't a whole lot left they could do. He his wife actually found our program, and he started coming, changing his lifestyle. He was exercising some. He started exercising more regularly. He actually said he last lost over seventy pounds. Uh, in um, over a period of a year. And 
in that process, he was actually able to improve all of his vital signs. He had improved cholesterol levels and hit one of the surgeons uh, at our hospital was actually able to do more cardiac interventions for him. Uh, and he is living a great life. I have the, the pleasure of being able to keep in contact with him and just to hear the quality of life improvement for him after he was basically told there's nothing else they could do for his heart disease uh, is really powerful. There's some steps that someone needs to go through. First off, if you have headaches, this may or may not have anything to do with high blood pressure. It could be, to your point, allergies. It could be hormones. It could be stress. It could be a hangover. So it could be so many different things. But if someone gets to the step, it is high blood pressure. The doctor may start recommending medications to put you on. They don't always offer a dietitian, to my knowledge. I mean, do you see them do that every time or do they just go straight to medication? No, that's a really good point. It depends on the physician. Like always, they are more than likely going to decrease your risk for worsening disease by starting some medication or recommending medication if your blood pressure um, is at a point where that would be appropriate. Uh, and sometimes they recommend you seeing someone to, to change your diet. Sometimes they just say eat healthier and exercise. And that's, that's all that they give you because, you know, that's what they have. That's the time that they have to give. But almost every primary care physician I've ever worked with is all for people seeking additional help from a dietitian to have more lifestyle modifications implemented, uh, such as weight loss, uh, eating healthy, but not just eating healthy, but eating the right quantities at the right times being able to help with that weight loss that will also have a huge impact on their cardiovascular health. What do you tell your primary doctor to get a referral to a dietitian? I would just tell your primary care physician that you're interested in making lifestyle changes in addition to you know, the other interventions that they recommend. And most of the time, physicians are elated to hear that you want to make those changes and they will refer you to the dietitian uh, in your area um, or they will ask you to give them a dietitian and they are willing to write that referral. What should you expect from your dietitian? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, you should expect someone who is going to be in your corner and who is going to give you truth, but who will also walk with you through the changes and uh, the um, not just the physical, but the emotional and to some degree mental changes that exist whenever you're making some huge life changes. But most of all, I think that you will just find that someone is really in your corner, willing to go with you in a health journey that other healthcare professionals aren't always able to do to walk with you as closely. Tell us a little bit about your practice. So my practice is focused on weight management, uh, but I am also seeing referrals for anyone who is really just interested in knowing how health and nutrition connects to what they eat um, and what they how they they move on a regular basis. So any nutrition questions or disease-based medical nutrition therapy, uh, I'm working with a pretty wide range of people. Allie, thank you so much for being on the show. We definitely will have you back soon. Thanks so much, Julian. This was great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Wonder Why podcast. If today's episode resonated with you or reminded you of someone struggling with similar symptoms, please share it with them. It might just be the life-changing moment they need. This show is brought to you by Dietitians for a Healthy America. 
a nonprofit dedicated to advocating for dietitians and promoting nutritional therapy to enhance health and prevent diseases for all Americans. For more information, visit our website, www.dietitianshealthieramerica.org. Until next time, stay curious and empowered in your health journey.